George Lucas has lived in the town of San Anselmo for nearly 50 years. Today we look at some of the places and buildings associated with the filmmaker in this part of Northern California. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this episode that has been in the making for a while now. <laughs> um, welcome back to Sky Talkers, which has been in the making for a while. It's been a bit since we've recorded, and uh we're sorry about that. Somehow a lot of time passed and we just got busy and sick and then suddenly it had been way too Two long yeah. since <laughs> so we had recorded and we feel really sad about that. So we're, we're back. This episode is going to be a little different from what we usually do, but it's something that we had talked about actually after we had gotten back from our trip to California in October, and we really wanted to talk about this. Actually, Caitlin in particular really wanted to talk about this, so I think this episode is going to be her sort of explaining this. So, Caitlin, what are we talking about today? <laughs> yes, uh, today we're talking about San Anselmo, California, which Charlotte and I got to visit, like you said, when we were uh, in Napa uh, back in October. And during our trip to Napa, we got to take a couple of little uh, Star Wars side trips, actually, including infamously, I think now, our drive past Skywalker Ranch and also Jean Favreau, um, which was exciting, but we also <laughs> <laughs> paid a visit to San Anselmo, which is the town where George Lucas lives and has lived for the past 50 years. And we went to a place called Imagination Park there. And we talked about this uh, when we kind of recapped our trip to Napa. But Imagination Park is a little pocket park in downtown San Anselmo that has a statue to Yoda and Indiana Jones in it. And this park was financed by George Lucas. And it was dedicated in twenty summer of 2013, so not too long ago. And when Charles and I were there, we did kind of a quick Google search on Imagination Park. Number one, because <laughs> we had never, never heard of it before and needed to know where it was. Uh, but this little Google search sent uh, me down a bit of a research rabbit hole about San Anselmo and George Lucas and the development of Imagination Park, because I think the building that was there before the park was constructed has an interesting story to it. Um, and also George Lucas's house that he lives in there has an interesting story to it too. And uh, as some of you know, I'm an architectural historian in my professional life. And so this kind of rabbit hole is uh, literally my bread and butter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was a really fun kind of research uh, trip to kind of figure out the story of these buildings that have this association with George Lucas. And we thought it could be interesting to kind of go through it a little bit here with you guys. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're interested in Star Wars, you're interested in George Lucas and the history. We talk about that a lot. And this is, I guess, just kind of another thread of that story. I think it's a great example, honestly, of how you can look at a couple different buildings. And, you know, if you know what kind of research to look for, which I'll go through some of those sources here, you can kind of uncover these interesting stories to some of these places that you might not have expected. And that's part of what I love, what I do. Um, and to get to kind of bring it back to George Lucas in this way was really interesting for me. And so I hope you guys find some of this interesting too. I think it's interesting. Charlotte knows a little bit, but not everything. Um, because I went to some some deep research holes <laughs> in this to find some of this information here. So I hope you guys find it interesting. Um, Imagination Park was really cool. So uh, the story behind the building to it and, and George Lucas's involvement in it, I think, is uh, a cool story, too. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And I just want to sort of set the scene also. And I know that you mentioned that w we visited when we were in California, but yeah, the town is north of San Francisco. And something I think is just really interesting is that one of the reasons why we were like, oh, we're going to visit this place. It's a, there's a Yoda statue. There's an Anita Jones statue. And it feels like a deeper cut of a place of pilgrimage for a Star Wars fan than, yeah. than Skywalker Ranch. I mean, obviously, Skywalker Ranch may be the deepest cut but or like the hardest to get into, right? But yeah. um, the 
it's different from visiting the Lucas Lucasfilm st- like Yoda statue. It's different from that. It just feels like another level. Yeah. And you know, on this trip, Caitlin and I were like, oh, we should probably go to Modesto too. And we ended up not being able to do that just because of the timing of car rental. It was just a logistical nightmare to figure out. And we ended up going to San Anselmo instead. Next time we go, I think we'll do a little trip around Modesto too and maybe do something similarly to what Caitlin um, has laid out for us today. But who knows when that's going to be. And what I think we found, and personally for me, who is not an architectural historian, what we found is that this place is also so rich in George Lucas history. Then then also like what we would think Modesto would be, you know, his, you know, where he grew up and everything. So I can't wait to hear more about it. So Caitlin, why don't you take us, oh, take it away? I do think that in a lot of ways, San Anselmo is almost the deeper cut than Skywalker Ranch. Like Skywalker Ranch is the harder yeah, yeah, location. Yeah, I agree. San Anselmo feels like the deeper cut. Yeah. Even from like I, Modesto. <laughs> right, right. When I said, when I said deeper cut, I meant like we can't go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we can actually go to San Anselmo, but like yeah. we can only drive by this nondescript gate of yeah, Skywalker Ranch. Ranch and like maybe see John Favreau like we did, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not a, you know, a universal experience, I don't think. Yeah. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> so. How often is he there? Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and I were talking about this when we were in San Anselmo and it's always one of those interesting things that like as people as fan as people as fans of star wars and fans of george lucas and people who like study his work and the way that he interprets the world to create his stories walking around in a town that he's lived in for so long in a way kind of puts like a different layer on everything i think too like there's always something personal about being in someone's home and while we were not in george lucas's home we were in his town that he has lived in since the early 1970s and i think that is important uh when we're thinking about like george lucas as a person um and the things that he values the fact that he has maintained a home here for so long says something and that he's had uh, community involvement in this place too uh, for the past 50 years. I think that says something about how he feels about the place and about San Anselmo as a town. So I feel like we got kind of a new layer to add to our own headcanons about George Lucas. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And even recently in the Under the Helmet documentary from that was about Boba Fett that came out a couple of uh, weeks ago on Disney Plus, we talked about this on Patreon, but there was a crystal clear footage of a parade that Boba Fett was in in San Anselmo. And it was funny because Caitlin was pretty much deep in this research hole during that time. And we were like, this is crystal clear footage of the town back then. (laughs) And it was cool because it added another layer into, okay, so this is actually part of like relevant Star Wars history, this town. And it, it it just felt timely. And I just wanted to mention that in case you were like, how am I familiar with this town? And you recently watched that. It was included there. And it was pretty cool that there was a parade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to kind of dive in, um, we're going to be talking about two, I think I already said this at the top of the show, but we're going to be talking about two main buildings here. We're going to be talking about George Lucas's house, uh, which is at 52 Parkway, and then also Imagination Park, which is in the downtown San Anselmo. Uh, There is a post up on skytalkers.com by the time you're listening to this that has like pictures and maps and things like that. So if you kind of want to like follow along, uh, it might be helpful in kind of picturing some of these places and what these buildings look like and kind of where we are geographically too, because uh, where George Lucas lives is not, his house is not super far away from Imagination Park. Um, It's probably what, like a mile, if that. Um, it's not far at all. Super close, like four minutes. E- yeah, very close. Um, I'd also like to preface this with a bit of a disclaimer that all of this information is public record. I did not uh, <laughs> go so – I mean, I did do some deep research, but this is all public record. Uh, it is not hard to find out where he lives in San Anselmo. Um, I don't recommend visiting. Um, it's like heavily gated, obviously. Um, he basically has a compound on top of a hill. Uh, in San Anselmo. But yeah, I just, I don't want anyone to think that I like, I don't know, paid a lot of money to get some of this information. I did not. This is all public It's publicly record. available. It's, it's publicly all public available. record. Yeah. Um, and so if you also on our website, there will be all the sources that I used too, if you're interested in reading some more about that. 
Okay. And then also for some further context before we dive in, again, just to kind of situate us geographically with some of the place names that we'll be talking about. Um, like Charlotte said, we are just north of San Francisco. Um, we're kind of in between San Francisco and Skywalker Ranch. So if you have an idea of where San Francisco and Skywalker Ranch, just kind of go somewhere in the middle and you'll find San Anselmo. <laughs> and that is within Marin County, California. And then within Marin County, there is the Mill Valley. And then the Mill Valley is made up of a couple different communities, one of them being San Anselmo and the other two being San Rafael and Ross. So you will you might hear me mention San Rafael and Ross as well. Uh, they are nearby communities to San Anselmo um, and they make up the larger Mill Valley. So does all of that make sense about where we're, where we are geographically? Yes. Yes, okay, very good. much so. <laughs> okay. So the first building we're going to talk about is George Lucas's house, 52 Parkway. Um, now, George and Marcia Lucas, his first wife, had bought a house in San Rafael, so one of the neighboring towns. Uh, but with their American graffiti money, they bought this property in San Anselmo in the early 1970s. And George has maintained ownership of this house ever since. So again, when we're thinking about like George Lucas as a person, he's he's owned this house for over almost 50 years at this point, which that's a long time to own a place, to maintain a mm -hmm. property. And he's bought a lot of surrounding property too. And if you look at the map on skytalkers.com, you'll see that Parkway um, it is a circle basically around a hill. Um, and this hill is actually called Pine Hill. Um, and he owns pretty much all of the uh, all of the property on the inside of this circle. And then he also owns property outside of this circle, too, that's like adjacent to the Parkway house, if that makes sense. I'm not sure exactly how much property he owns there. I didn't uh, do the nitty gritty research of counting how many parcels and things like that. But he owns many of them. <laughs> um, and there's... Not a ton of documentation on this house or when they moved to this house, but the reason I started researching 52 Parkway is because there was one source that I came across that said George and Marcia moved to an Italianate mansion on a hill, and another source called the house a locally designated landmark. And again, as an architectural historian, that kind of sent my, uh, my spider sense of tingling. <laughs> I was like, George... Bought this old gothic mansion on a hill. <laughs> Where's the picture? Show me the picture. <laughs> um, and this actually proved to be the most difficult <laughs> piece of research that I undertook. <laughs> this was the last thing I think I discovered. And I'm not even 100% confirmed that I found a picture of this house, but I'm 90% <laughs> confirmed that I found a picture of this house. Uh, because anytime you have something that's called a locally designated landmark, uh, that means something. And if you're not familiar um, with what a locally designated landmark is, uh, it can mean a lot of different things depending on the community. But at its core, what it means is that that community did a local architectural survey and they decided that this list of houses, properties, farms, whatever it is, that they are architecturally significant or they're historically significant because of a person who lived there, an event that happened there, something like that. And so they decide to locally designate it as a landmark. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that there are rules or restrictions on top of it. Um, it can, but again, that, that differs community to community. And to be honest, I can never find a list of locally designated landmarks from San Anselmo uh, in my research. I found ones for San Rafael, for Mill Valley, uh, for other communities, but not one for San Anselmo specifically. So I can't confirm if their house actually is a locally designated landmark, but it started me down this rabbit hole. So I guess for that, I'm grateful. Another thing that I think is interesting when we're thinking about kind of the larger context of what's going on at this time period, right? So George buys this house with his American graffiti money, uh, so in the early to mid-1970s, right? Now, this is actually right after the National Historic Preservation Act was passed. So kind of the creation of my industry happens in 1966. So we're looking at like a 10-year window for when George buys this 
old Italianate mansion on a hill, whatever that is, right? The old Italianate mansion on the, the hill. The old Italianate mansion on the hill. Like what? I This kept me up at night. I don't think you understand. <laughs> this took me so long. But okay, so 1966 is when the industry of historic preservation is created in the United States. And by the time you get to the early 1970s, you have a lot of local communities and counties and states across the nation are kind of doing this widespread documentation of their historic properties and historic buildings in a way that we had never seen prior to that. So it would make kind of it would make sense that if this house were listed on some kind of local historic building list in San Anselmo, it's it makes sense that it would be around this time in the 1970s because that's when a lot of this movement is like jump started in the like across the United States. Um, and I also think that it's interesting that George chose to buy this really this old Italianate mansion on a hill. <laughs> it might not be the only reason that he bought it, but if you buy an old hundred plus year old house, I gotta think you like the history at some level because that's a lot of upkeep. <laughs> so again, just like some interesting context, this is, that's really just me kind of speculating. A lot of my research on 52 Parkway is speculation because there's not there was not a, a definitive source that said this house is now owned by George Lucas. Here's a picture of him in front of it. Like, I, n- I never got that far. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> so, what if it does exist and we just haven't seen it? If it, it does, does exist, exist. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Like he has those pictures himself, right? Yeah. I yeah. know he does. And if yeah. someone has them and wants to send them to me, Please. P- feel free. Feel <laughs> free. All right. So I am deep in the throes of research of trying to figure out where this house is, right? And do you remember, Charlotte, us, me saying that there were other properties that he owned kind of outside yeah. this, this like circle of Parkway, of Pine Hill? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these other properties that he owns kind of outside of Pine Hill, um, they were these 1960s buildings that George decided he's going to demolish and build something new on top of them. I don't know what for. I don't know why. But in order for him to demolish those buildings, he ends up getting into an easement dispute with the town of San Anselmo. And basically, it's a dispute over like a road easement. And he sues the town of San Anselmo. This is like Wait, last Caitlin, year. what's an easement? So an easement is like, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe what an easement <laughs> is <laughs> without it being too confusing. But it's, okay, I had a professor once describe it like this. Okay, so you own a piece of land, right? Now with that piece of land, you're holding like a collection of sticks, okay? And all of the sticks that you're holding represent like uh, utility lines, sewer lines, uh, the building on top of the property, uh, the curb and gutter at the front of your property. All of these are sticks that you own. Now, if the town wants to come and put in a new curb and gutter or a new driveway in front of your house, um, you're going to give them one of those sticks. And that's an easement, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you still own the property, but they've got they've got one of your sticks right now. <laughs> and okay. there are temporary easements, so they're just borrowing your stick, or there's a permanent easement where they're keeping your stick, but you still own the property as a whole. And they're going to pay you either way for temporary or permanent easements. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? Sort of, yeah. Not to get in, I don't want to get too nitty gritty into it, but there was basically a dispute about where this easement was and how much uh, money needed to be exchanged between George and the town of San Anselmo. I, did, I didn't look into the nitty gritty of this, but through looking up that uh, kind of conflict that happened, I came across this report that had been written about the houses that were going to be demolished on this property. And it's called a historic resources report. And it was written by a cultural resource management firm, which that is, that's not what I do, but I work with a lot of cultural resource management firms uh, for my job. And it's called CRM, cultural resource management firm. So what they do is they basically wrote this detailed report about each of the buildings that were going to be demolished on George Lucas's property. And it was in these reports that I found the evidence for George Lucas's house at 52 Parkway. <laughs> yes. <And laughs> we got there and it made me so happy. 
And I was also like, oh, my God, these are like the kind of reports that I write for work. I felt like it was my people who had led me here <laughs> to this answer. <laughs> and uh, this is at also at like 1.30 in the morning that I found this. And um, I don't think if you've ever had a research hole that you felt has like not been giving you anything and then suddenly you like know the thing to Google and it opens up the world for you. That's what this was, okay? <laughs> and if you want to read the report, it will be linked on skytalkers.com. Um, it is pretty interesting, if I do say so myself. But what this report told me is that this whole area, including Pine Hill, used to be owned by a man named Minthorn Tompkins, which is a crazy name, Minthorn. I never heard of it. Minthorn Tompkins. And Minthorn Tompkins was actually one of the very first settlers to San Anselmo back in the 1860s. And he and his wife, Harriet, built the first two-story estate building in the town of San Anselmo. And dot, 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 I believe that this house is George Lucas's house. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Like so much build up to this one little connection. <laughs> so the report had mentioned um, Minthorn had actually, Minthorn Tompkins, he had been mentioned a couple of times in different research that I had done, like through the town of San Anselmo, like the history of San Anselmo itself and things like that. But no one had ever kind of put a location to where his property was until I got to this report written by this CRM firm. And Charlotte, do you remember when we were in San Anselmo, there was like that huge hill, like this massive hill yeah. like just north of the downtown area? Yeah. So, it's like a vertical hill. It's yeah. Huge. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's called Red Hill. And it's like, it's the natural landmark of San Anselmo. And uh, to the best of my understanding, there's really never been anything built on Red Hill, maybe a couple of buildings here and there, but like there's nothing at the summit or anything like that. But it kind of it dominates the landscape and creates for a very hilly area. So Red Hill is actually right next to Pine Hill, which if we're keeping track is where George Lucas lives today. And the report, the CRM report, was the first thing that I had come across that said Minthorn Tompkins purchased 45 acres of land east of Red Hill which would put its location right where George Lucas is. And the report also goes into a lot of details about like how they sold off the land, about how this 1870 house that Minthorn had built was still extant, which means it was still standing. And when I read that, I was like, oh my God, this, this mansion on a hill is still standing. <laughs> where is it? And there was one picture of the Minthorn Tompkins estate. Basically, I am pretty confident that it is George Lucas's house, uh, mainly because there is this second story bay window uh, on the Minthorn Tompkins estate. And when you look at aerials of George Lucas's house, you can see a very similar roof shape uh, on the front of the house. And this is this is kind of my linchpin for why these two houses are the same. Uh, they're in the same location. They have the same kind of roof shape. They also have the same kind of circular driveway. Again, if you look at pictures uh, on skytalkers.com on the post associated with this episode, you'll see both of these pictures. And I, I'll have it called out, like the, the details that I think are the same between the two pictures. But yeah, so I think... I think uh, that George Lucas purchased an 1870 house built by Minthorn Tompkins, who was the first one of the first settlers of San Anselmo, and that he has lived there for almost 50 years now. I think that's super cool because I think what you have found in your research or like when we visited, what the sense that I got was that George Lucas was a pretty big figure in the town and had done a couple things for the town, right? Things that you're going to talk about. And the fact that he lives potentially, according to your theory, right? <laughs> he lives in a, a house of one of the first settler, settlers of the town that is situated on a hill that overlooks the town. It just feels yeah. very, it, it makes sense to me that this would be the house that he lives in, you know, yeah. just based off of sort of the historical significance of George Lucas living in this town, his proximity to Skywalker Ranch, his, you know, sort of obsession with Marin County and things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, it's just uh, it's an interesting kind of sidebar about the house that he lives in, that it has been there for so long. And the house has undergone a lot of changes. I think that's obvious when you look at aerials of it, like it's very large. You've at least looked at aerials of the house now. It's a it's a very large house. So it's clearly had additions and things changed on it. So I would kind of suspect that there's probably some of the facade that is still maintained, but then there and there's still a lot of like details inside of the house that are probably original to the 1870s house. I would love to just see pictures of it for my own <laughs> benefit just to know what's the same and what's different or what things they've kept because I, I think it would be really interesting and and how much has changed since he bought it like what changes has he made to it specifically yeah definitely I will say that there are kind of two little tidbits about the Tompkins children that I thought were were kind of fun little stories that I'll just share real fast here so they had six children the Tompkins uh Minthorn and Harriet. They had six children. And their eldest daughter, Emily, she married this really wealthy guy in San Anselmo. And it was like the wedding of the century, right? Uh, of the year. Everyone came. It was in all the papers. It was a huge deal. Uh, Emily and her new husband, they moved to this like not far away from San Anselmo. They had two kids, lived this picture perfect life, right? And then one day, Emily just disappears. She vanishes. And it starts this like month long hunt for Emily to find out what happened to her. Like the papers are saying she was kidnapped. She went mad, like this whole thing. Um, And they finally find her. And it turns out she ran away with another man. And it was a huge, huge scandal for the Tompkins family and also for the guy she married, too. And they ended up bringing her back. Uh, She still divorces her first husband. Uh, She runs away again with the guy she first ran away with. They get married. They end up getting divorced anyway a couple years later. Yeah, she has a third marriage. I think that one sticks, but she never reconciles with her family and she never sees her like two kids from her first family again, from her first marriage again, which I thought was crazy and dramatic. It's very dramatic. You kind of don't hear about that, like in that time period of the mother being separated from the, you still don't really hear about that much of the mother being separated from her kids, like running away like that. So. It was a very interesting story. Very dramatic. Uh, But then their youngest daughter, Ethel Tompkins, she founded the Marin Humane Society, which is very good. (laughs) A very good story. Um, So the animal shelters and stuff in Marin County, she was responsible for those. And on the Marin Humane Society website, when they talk about their history, um, their first location was in San Rafael. Um, And they made a note that when they ran out of space at their first location in San Rafael, Ethel Tompkins built cages and kennels in her San Anselmo home. Um, So there's not an exact date here, but this is probably like the area where George Lucas's house is, that uh, she was building cages and kennels for kind of overflow uh, for animals that needed safe housing and medical care and stuff in the early 20th century. So I thought that it's kind of this cool layer um, that George's property could have also been, you know, like a safe haven uh, for animals in need. That's super cool. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So she had a bit of a a better, a nicer story than her uh, dramatic older Oh, both sister. of them are, are fun and dramatic. So. They, they are. They are fun and dramatic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is, uh, that's 52 Parkway. And again, uh, this is all public record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just want to say, I felt a little weird like talking about George's house that he like clearly still lives in, like actively lives in. Mm-hmm. But I also think that he's lived there long enough that it's not a secret where he lives. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's it's in pretty the easily Googleable. It's very like. easily Googleable. So <laughs> especially I, because of the easement situation, exactly that made headlines and everything. So, you know, you, you search San Anselmo and George Lucas, it comes right up. And I, yeah, just saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, you too can creep on George Lucas's house. <laughs> and I've already pulled together all the research for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is Imagination Park, which was uh, the inspiration for this whole little journey into George Lucas's life in San Anselmo. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Imagination Park was dedicated in 2013. And uh, George Lucas was first approached about building this park in 2012, in June 2012. So Again, if we're thinking about larger contexts here, this is right before the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney. Um, George Lucas knows that it's happening at this juncture. Uh, No one else does, but he knows that it's happening. And he's in the process of building this park about uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And again, like what's his mindset when all of this is happening, um, kind of building this park, commemorating his life's work as he's getting ready to sell his life's work. And, uh, you know, food for thought, food for thought. So when Charlotte and I first visited here um, and the the initial Google search that we did about Imagination Park, um, they talked about how George had paid to have the building demolished in order to build the park. And again, my spider senses were tingling. I was like, we're in a historic downtown. You have this building that was right next. It's right next to the town hall, which is a, a beautiful building. The, the the San Anselmo town hall building is a beautiful building. What was this building? <laughs> yeah, wait, can I just say that this the park when you visit just as like, you know, someone who exists in spaces, it's a small park. We're not talking like Central Park. We're talking about like yes. the size of a building. So when Caitlin says that a building was going to be demolished for the park, like you can tell yeah. it's a footprint of a building. And it's in between fully formed buildings. I don't know. It's not like an open field, basically. It is an in the town, basically a little square right off a yeah. road. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's called a pocket park. And yes, it's yes. very small. It's where a commercial building used to be in a historic downtown um, downtown area. So yeah, thank you for that context. It is small. Um And it's right next to the town hall building. And there was, I think it was the building that was there um, had three commercial buildings inside of it. Like it was, you know, one big building divided into three commercial buildings. It was the setup of it. And so when I read that George had paid to demolish the building, you start to dive into more research about, well, what does that mean? And who owned this building beforehand? And it turns out that George owned this building beforehand. He had actually bought this property between 2008 and 2010. And the way that George tells it, he had explicitly bought this building right next door to the town hall for the purposes of building some kind of community center. And I love this quote that said he had intended to use it to build either a park, a theater, or a ping pong center. And ping pong center <laughs> is so specific that it can only, like, that has to be a direct quote from George. Absolutely a direct quote. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> park, theater, general, could be anyone. But ping pong center is so specific. So specific. <laughs> so specific. <laughs> um, so he buys it between 2008, 2010, with that intent to one day do something meaningful for the town with it. And in June 2012, the San Anselmo, either the San Anselmo Town Council or Chamber of Commerce, I can't remember which one, but they basically approached Lucas about donating that land to basically asking him, all right, let's, you want to do it? Like, let's do it now. You want to donate the land that you bought? Let's figure out what we're going to do. So they start working together, and it's at this time that they decide they're going to do a park. So they're going to demolish the building that was there, and they're going to build a park, and it's going to honor uh, George Lucas's contributions um, through this monument, these statues to Indiana Jones and Yoda. So the building that was there was first built in 1919, and this is part of the research that I had done uh, when going through it. Um, It was first built in 1919, uh, and in the 1940s, it became a pharmacy building, and it maintained or it worked as – sorry, let me start over. It operated as a pharmacy building until the 1980s, which is when the pharmacy, which was called the Rossi Brothers Drugstore, they stopped operating there. And I think from like the 1980s through 2012, it kind of went in and out of different owners. And according to George, it was hard to keep 
the property rented out um, when I guess when he was operating as landlord, uh, a couple of businesses opened and closed within it. So it doesn't sound like there was anything super notable, uh, any notable businesses kind of operating long term after the Rossi Brothers drugstore closed down. But one thing when I was reading, so when they decided they were going to demolish the building, the San Anselmo Historic Society did a report on the building. Much like the buildings that were demolished by 52 Parkway had a report written about them before their demolition, uh, this building did too. But it was written by the San Anselmo Historic Society. And they basically said, it's okay to demolish the building. The building is not significant, but there is a significant mural inside the building. And this mural was a mural that was painted by an artist named Jose Moya Del Pino in 1945. And it is a mural about the history of pharmacy. And the San Anselmo Historic Society said, you know, the building is not significant, but the mural is. So the mural needs to be removed and taken care of. You can't just demolish the building with the mural in it, basically. Now, I thought that was super interesting because the more research I did on Jose Moya Del Pino, um, I didn't know a lot about him, but he was a Spanish-born artist uh, who lived in America kind of starting from the 1920s in the San Francisco area, and he called Marin County home by the end of his life. Uh, But he was known for his post-impressionist style, and he did a lot of portraits and murals, uh, particularly with the public works uh, in like the 1930s. And particularly, he did a lot of murals for post offices around the Bay Area, as well as contributing a mural in the lobby of Coit Tower in San Francisco, which you and I visited when we were there, Charlotte. I know. And I'm just so sad that we didn't go see it. I know. I'm really, I'm bummed about it. I'm really know, bummed. too. Because <laughs> we were right there and I was like, oh, should we go inside? Yeah. And we didn't. And we didn't. No. <laughs> Such uh, a bummer. I know, but he he did a mural in there in 1934 as part of the Public Works of Art project, which is when he did a lot of murals for post offices and things like that, too. But he also he did a mural uh, in this building on the history of pharmacy that was commissioned by the Rossi brothers. And he also did murals uh, in a lot of different places in Marin County, too. Actually, there was one that I read um, about the restoration of a mural he did uh, for a school in Ross. Uh, California, which is part of the Mill Valley, that the town of Ross. Um, so he was very well known in the area. He, like I said, he called Marin County in the Mill Valley his home, and he is buried in San Rafael. And uh, the Marin Art and Garden Center's Octagon House, which is like a local museum there, has the Jose Moya Del Pino Library, where a lot of his personal papers are kept today. So he's a pretty notable figure in Marin County. And so the fact that they had this mural inside this building that George Lucas was going to like be paying to demolish, and to be honest, the park was kind of controversial in San Anselmo. People weren't initially jazzed about the idea of the pocket park honestly i thought it was really interesting i was like people got to be talking about this mural that's gonna Mm -hmm. be you know demolished and no they were not talking about the mural at all (laughs) were people just more concerned about like the fact that the park would feature like a star wars character or was it like just the demolition of a building to create a park was controversial i think at that time the couple articles that i read about it they mentioned that the park in a way becomes it's kind of a a very cynical way to look at it but like dead space like it's Mm. not money producing Mm. um it's not a business freaking yikes i can't right sad yeah it's sad that a green space wouldn't be valued over a place that I guess, you know, in these building, my understanding is that, you know, it's been there for a while. Maybe it's not generating enough revenue or something, right? That he would purchase it and then it would become a park. I don't know. I just, that's, yeah, you're right. It is cynical. It's sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I thought this painting aspect of it though was incredibly interesting and I was like ready to see a picture of this mural. And much like George Lucas's house at 52 Parkway, could not find a picture of this mural (laughs) to save my life and no articles. I was like, surely someone's going to write an article about the day that this mural is removed from the building, right? Um, No. No one one cared? It's so sad. No. And so I... (laughs) I emailed the San Anselmo Historic Society. Yes, yes. <laughs> they were the ones that wrote. Because, okay, when I tell you my research 
on this went deep. Like the way I found out about this mural is I was on the San Anselmo town hall meeting minutes and like their agendas and everything like that, reading through their meeting minutes from 2012. And they talked about this report written by the San Anselmo Historic Society who said, you know, don't hurt the mural. And I was like, surely. And the San Anselmo Historic Society has a great website. They, if, It's an awesome website. I've been to a lot of Historic Society websites and not all of them are good. <laughs> and this one is actually really good. They have maps, they have oral histories, they have resources. They have a lot. Of, and it's a nice looking website too. Um, I spent a lot of time on it, but nothing about this mural. <laughs> and so I emailed them at like, midnight on a Sunday. And I was like, I'm looking for a photo of this mural. I really just want to see it. And they wrote a blog post (laughs) about (laughs) it. And it is now on their website if you search for it. Yes. Um, So you need individual people to like point out why we need if the if the resources exist, like they need to be made public, I suppose. I don't know. It's just so interesting because like it sounds like such a freaking cool mural that it was a part of a pharmacy like today we live in this like capitalist hellscape where every cvs is the same every walgreens is the same and but back then pharmacies were a place of gathering it was so cool you know and you knew your pharmacist it's we don't have that anymore i mean you might in your town but it's very rare and so the fact that there was this cool mural dedicated to pharmaceutical and pharmacies in in this small town in northern california then the fact that like no one cared until you pointed it out is like sad it's sad obviously people cared about this mural right like the fact that it was preserved and taken out and everything it's just interesting that we couldn't find a photo of it until you asked right and because it exists but it's just not on the internet the world wide web which is like everyone's favorite you know you can find anything out about anything on the internet just crazy and just the very fact that like all it takes is an individual to pique their curiosity about it. But in order for you to make sure that this art, you know, has a place on the internet so that people can access it. So it's accessible. So you understand like it's historical significance is like you have to email someone and you have to be in that place of honestly, a place of privilege to understand that you have to email someone. You know how to do that because you have the education in the, in the background in order to do that. And I just think it's sad because even I, when we were looking through this, even I was looking through it and like Googling it and trying to figure it out because I was like, there is no way. When Caitlin was like, I can't find this mural at all, I was like, you're just looking in your like single lane. Like you're not like looking far enough out. And uh, no, she was right. It did not (laughs) exist anywhere (laughs) until until she asked for it. So uh, I'm glad you did. Yeah. And the thing is, it's really easy to get in in that single lane of research, too. It's like that's that's the deadly research hole where you just you can't figure out what to Google. Right. uh, And it's it's like the thing with the Minthorne Tompkins estate. It was like once someone gave me a location for where that was, I was like, oh, all this stuff is clicking into place. But only one resource was actually you know, specifying a location for it. Mm -hmm. And maybe if Mm -hmm. I had just tried a different Google, I would have found other resources that, you know, gave me the information I wanted. But yeah, the the fact that the San Anselmo Historic Society did not have like a picture of this mural that they were more or less responsible for saying needs to be preserved, Mm -hmm. I find really fascinating. But it's on their website now. And it's the pictures are also on our website too. So now... Now the history of pharmacy by Jose Del Moya, Moya Del Pino lives in two places on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so not only has George bought the land, right, that and the building that this place is on, he's donating the land, he's paying for the demolition, and he pays for a local conservator from San Rafael to come and assess the mural, do some conservation on it, and eventually oversee its removal from the building prior to demolition which that's a, a big task. And again, very limited uh, documentation on any of this actually happening. <laughs> um, but the mural was then donated to the Spanish United States Foundation, I believe it's called, and was then given to the Spanish consulate in San Francisco, where it is apparently on display. And I was like, that just seems but like- no photos? Thing. No photos. <laughs> I even checked there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. It's just- 
seems like such a crazy trajectory for this mural um, and such an an involved process. And like no one talked about it. And I just, I still don't understand it. I think it's really interesting because correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's pretty rare to hear about someone like a filmmaker donating time and resources to pay for a conservationist or conservator to assess the mural, do conservation of it, remove it properly, and then donate it to a museum. And I just feel like it really speaks to George's ability to uplift art and his ability to honor the past as well and also kind of push things forward. Um, To me, it feels like a real testament to his contributions to the art world, which we're about to see as the Lucas Museum opens since George Lucas yeah. has amassed such an amazing collection of art of all ages in yeah. the in the years that he's been alive. It's really cool. And I think this was – learning this fact was maybe the most interesting thing to me because it just really speaks to why I respect him as an auteur, as an, an artist, as a – someone who values historical objects, things like that. It's just, it, it, it was pretty gratifying to read. Yeah, it's a very interesting component of the story, I think. Um, what I thought was really interesting is that this mural did not stay in Marin County, um, given that, you know, the painter Moya Delfino, he has a, a pretty significant local uh, reputation in, in California, like a state level of significance in California. Um, and in Marin County specifically, that again, he's buried in San Rafael. Uh, his personal effects and papers are kept uh, in San Rafael as well. Um, that they did not opt to keep this mural, like even next door in the town hall um, or, you know, at the library where, his, where some of his other pieces are. Um, I just found it very interesting. I think it's great that it, that it, you know, is now at the Spanish consulate in San Francisco. Um, Jose Moya Delfino had a incredible career in Spain before he ever came to the United States too. Um, I don't, I didn't have time to go through all of it, but he had a, a noteworthy career in Spain before he came to the United States to then have a noteworthy career in the United States as well. Um, so it makes sense why it would also end up at the Spanish consulate. But yeah, I, I kind of wondered, I, I wish I could have found some kind of decision. I couldn't find the final decision of like why they had chosen the Spanish consulate. If, you know, San Anselmo, the town had been a part of that decision. If George had made the decision like that, I, I couldn't really find that out. But I did wonder why the choice was made not to keep it in Marin County since the artist has a clear tie to that area. Uh, but yeah, so that's Imagination Park. Um, it was dedicated on June 20th, 2013. Uh, George's opening remarks are up on our website too. They're on YouTube. And he you know, says that the park is for young people, his, his favorite phrase, young people, um, and to inspire them basically. And he talks about uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones being a lot of them being written in San Anselmo, just just a, just a ways away that way. And in the video, he like points up the hill basically to where his house is. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. He's like, not, not far that way. <laughs> um, I'm sure that I, I haven't watched the video, but is there like a small chuckle in the crowd? Because I, I wonder if pe- people know, people know that he has a house on the hill. Right? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> there are a lot of people there too. Yeah. I mean, I would go. I mean, come on. Wouldn't yeah. you go? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the park is uh, – it's there. It's a beautiful, cute, adorable little park. When Charlotte and I were there, there were kids with ice cream cones, and there was a mom who was Googling it herself and reading to her kids about George Lucas and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and stuff while we were there. And I remember thinking, like, this is this is what George wanted. Like, I know he wanted kids to be here and to feel like anything – can happen in San Anselmo like it's imagination park you know like that's that's the purpose of it and to bring it back again this is right after he sells off his life work that he builds this park in his his town commemorating his life's work too it's just I kind of have to wonder like what his mindset was when all this was happening yeah I agree I think we can do a lot of speculation about like there certainly feels like a lot of like finality about legacy that is happening around this time, right? The 
selling off for the future of Lucasfilm and Star Wars and Indiana Jones to a company that he's respected forever, Disney, and has had ties with forever. And then also putting down roots in like it's not that he doesn't have roots. He has roots all over Northern California, but you know, creating a park that is pretty specific to visiting and um I mean, I can't really think there's only a handful of parks in the country that I can think about that have film characters as statues and in a lot of ways, like when Caitlin talks about how, yeah, she's right. We, we were there, kids with ice cream cones, mom's Googling, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's fun to think about that and sort of uh, like revel in like that's now a part of the history of this town. And because it is, it's just as important as like a writer from the 1800s living in your town, right? Like it, perhaps even more important given George Lucas's own contributions to the world of film and the media landscape and things like that. So yeah, it, when we speculate about the, what's going on in this time period, it's to me, it's legacy making, it's history making and like public facing history making. Because I think what we know pretty well is that George Lucas is involved perhaps a lot behind the scenes and kind of changing the face of, like I said, the media landscape. But oftentimes I don't think he's credited in the way that I think you or I would like uh, as much as I think he should be, right? Yeah. Um, for so many decisions that happened from digital filmmaking to sound in movie theaters to, uh, I don't know, everything. The creating the blockbuster in the way that we have now, the franchise. It's so many things like that. But then also we have contributions to art and things like that that I think are I don't know. Even at this time as well, there is a debate about the the Lucas Museum, right? Yeah. And how that took forever to find a home. First, in, tried in San Francisco, then in Chicago, then finally in Los Angeles, which I think we know, given his uh, history with Northern California, that would was not his first choice at all. So, yeah. I but I think that the the sacrifice there is that in order to leave a leg I mean he has so much cool art so of course it's just great to have a museum for narrative art which is different than you know your regular art museum or something like that whatever I, I to me I just think that uh the past when you when you become a gajillionaire I think that, <laughs> not that I would know but I think that there's a lot of uh decisions that you have to make in terms of um how do you want your legacy to be remembered and it can be small like the small park in this small town in northern california or big like the george lucas museum of narrative art that is coming soon so it's cool yeah. it's really cool yeah yeah i think it is um there were a couple of other things that are associated with george and uh marin county and san anselmo that i just wanted to throw in at the, as we kind of come near to the end here. George almost had a school named after him in the area. Very recently, too, like within the past two years, I think. But What would the I, mascot be? If, I don't know. If, C-3PO? <laughs> George Lucas High School? Like, what would it be? Oh, my God. Or the fighting C-3PO's? The fighting C-3PO's. You <laughs> <laughs> should make it like the Wampas or something. Oh, my gosh. You're probably right. That would probably be the stars or something the like fighting, that. The fighting Wampas sounds pretty cool. Not going to lie. Yeah, it does. It sounds so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he did not though. So that didn't end up happening. Um, this is, this is also like a interesting piece. Uh, there's this thing called Miracle Mile, uh, in Mill Valley and Miracle Mile is basically this stretch of road that used to be railroad that kind of connects all of these towns in Mill Valley. Um, if you look at like an aerial of, uh, San Anselmo. It's kind of a weird curvy layout for a downtown area. Um, it's built parallel to both the railroad and also this creek that runs through the downtown, which I find incredibly interesting. It's like a curved downtown, which when I think of a railroad town, usually they're very grid based and like built around uh, a railroad intersection or crossing or something like that. Uh, but San Anselmo is kind of built alongside a very straight line and also a curved creek. So once you see it on the map, you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about. But um, the two like main roads like that 
you remember Charlotte when we got stuck on that median when we were turning like outside of Parkway (laughs) basically so that median is where the railroad tracks used to be um Mm -hmm. and all the railroad tracks uh were removed and that like that median is Miracle Mile where we were um and all those railroad tracks were removed and replaced with landscaping and for like a beautification basically of Miracle Mile and George Lucas donated a lot of money towards that beautification process. Um, I think specifically it was the landscaping portion of it. Um, But he also paid, there was this music store building along Miracle Mile that he was going to be demolished because of the project. And he basically paid to buy the music store, um, move it and rebuild it or renovate it. and give it back to the owners, basically, so that it didn't have to be demolished and could still be a music store along Miracle Mile. So he paid to do that, and then he paid for a lot of the landscaping along that median. And from what I understand, it was a lot of money. So I thought that was an interesting piece, too, of a way he's been involved in the town. And then also, uh, just to note that Mill Valley famously has the Mill Valley Film Festival, which you mentioned in the very beginning when we saw the shot of Boba Fett in the parade. That was during the Mill Valley Film Festival, uh, which was organized in 1977 Mm -hmm. and had its first festival in 1978. And Lucasfilm is a current sponsor, has been a sponsor for a very long time of the film festival. And Star Wars characters have frequently made appearances at the festival throughout the years. And I think the Mill Valley Film Festival is considered like one of the top 10 film festivals in the country, actually. It's very well known. Um, And yeah, and so George is tangentially a part of that with Mm -hmm. Star Wars and Lucasfilm and was over the years, too. So that's super cool. And yeah, I think when we were there, we saw signs for it like over the. We just missed it, as we We usually do with those fun kind of things. It happens in October. Uh Okay, so maybe next year? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, This is super interesting. Um, Thanks, Caitlin, for doing all this research. Did did it yield what you like? What did when you walk away from all your research for San Anselmo? What is your main takeaway? I think my main main takeaway is just that George is very involved at a local level. You know, you kind of talked about this, but when we're thinking about like gajillionaires, when we're thinking about really wealthy people, we always hear about these like big donations they make to either big foundations and charities that they've set up, which George Lucas has himself, um, or to like big national charities and stuff like that. But I think it's really important to look at, um, you know, big players like George Lucas and the things that they're doing in their local community too. Like that's where you see so much tangible change um, and where honestly like you get more bang for your buck in a lot of ways, like when you're donating money like that. And I think to see kind of multiple examples of things that George has done, particularly when we're talking about something like Imagination Park and even Miracle Mile, I, I kind of have underscored how big of an endeavor that probably was for the for Mill Valley in general to undertake, but then also for George to kind of help uh, finance some of that to like remove railroad tracks for that much space, like that much space and to redo it. Like that's a huge endeavor to undergo and probably wouldn't have been possible without his donation, I imagine. Um, right. And also like can't stress how close that is to where his home is as well. Like it yeah. would make sense that he would be a part of it because it was really close, <laughs> like super close. Um, and I would assume these are roads that if you went out every day would be driving on. So being part of the beautification yeah. process is if if you talk about him being involved on a really community local level, it's because he is in the community while that yeah. he lives in that house that maybe sits above everything right on this big yeah. hill. But regardless, like everything is really close, small little town. So makes yeah, sense to me. It's very small too. Um, uh, yeah, and I, you mentioned this too the um, the fact that he uses local people too. Like the the landscape company that he hired for Miracle Mile was a local landscape company, the art conservator that they hired for the mural at Imagination Park was a local conservator from San Rafael. Like he's not outsourcing 
these things from other states or places like it's it's local it's the local economy the local community and I don't know I think I think that is important and it is it's good to add into our you know the the next layer of our headcanons about understanding George Lucas as a person and then I think personally for me I enjoy doing this kind of research and the kind of stories and threads that you can pull from historic buildings and from downtown, historic downtowns and things like that. Um, places matter. And I think that even when you look at something like a demolition, which at first sounds bad, um, it actually isn't in this case, you know what I mean? And But there is still a story that can be told from this place. And all the different uh, iterations that have happened on this one plot of land since, you know, 1919, where Imagination Park was, um, through 2021. There's a lot that was happening in this one little piece of land. And how cool is that? I, I think that's really cool. Um, I still think that's really cool. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's why I like my job. <laughs> um, so on a personal level, it was fun to kind of take the kind of work I do in Georgia and get to see it in California <laughs> and kind of see it realized that way. So that piece of it was really fun. Um, but yeah, just kind of understanding. I don't think I don't think you or I had really thought about George Lucas's life in San Anselmo until we went there. And so I think that even just going there and then kind of going through this research really kind of made it more made it more real. Again, like imagining a person off of the page, off of the screen, into the real world and like how they exist in their community and in their real day to day um, yeah. is important when you're thinking about who a person actually is, you know? Right. And like just to add some Star Wars context to this too, like we're talking about the house that Star Wars was edited in the garage, yeah. you know, and like written people in. were visiting, written in, people were visiting ILM I, I don't know it's just things were happening in this house because it was a sort of a like a family small form production that people are yeah. still involved in Star Wars today that were involved then so the reason why we you get interested in things like where George Lucas lives yeah of course it's because we're a George Lucas fan and we're like oh this, he bought this like crazy property it's awesome but it's also like the myth that we spend hours analyzing began in this home right in this garage yeah. and uh that's important and it's super cool and it's interesting to think about what came before even George Lucas and Marsha there you know it's it's just I don't know it's cool yeah and thanks Caitlin for it's, I know this is a little bit of a different episode but I know it's something that you wanted to do I was interested in it and I hope people enjoyed it <laughs> and got something yeah. out of it and definitely check out Caitlin's you know, write up with pictures and everything on our website. Uh, I'll I'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening this far. If you have, I hope I hope it was a little interesting for you. <laughs> um, if you do have any questions about anything that we talked about or anything uh, that you see on the blog post, please be sure to reach out. I would love to answer them. Or if you have questions about your own historic building, I can also do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I yeah, it is a bit of a different uh, episode and maybe a bit more like in 1919, this happened and in 1945, this happened. But I do hope it was interesting for you guys. I enjoyed researching it. So I hope you enjoyed listening to kind of a different side of uh, George Lucas and his life in San Anselmo. Just think about it as an addendum to our By George series that is more yeah. microscopic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, throwback. And if you're in San Francisco or in the area and you have never gone to San Anselmo, definitely worth the trip. It's not far. Uh, just pop on up to San Anselmo, you know, get the next collection for the Yoda Fountain picture. Yoda statue picture, uh, you know, two out of three and <laughs> walk around. It's a cool, it's a cute little downtown. So definitely worth, worth a afternoon trip up there. Absolutely. So you should, everyone should go and visit San Anselmo if you can. Definitely. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening to my research ramble. I hope you enjoyed it. And we are going to be back very soon with another episode. And if you would like to follow us online, you can head on over to Twitter to Skytalkers Pod or our personal handles. Mine is at Kaylin Plusher and Charlotte's is at Clarity. We also have our website, skytalkers.com, our Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok accounts. And if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you took a couple seconds to go and leave us a five-star review. It helps others find our show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can also head on over to our Patreon and check out our different reward tiers there. Yes, and I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Aaron, Stephanie, Julia, John, Kate, Tadashi, Kyle, Catherine, Linda, Ethan, Jeff, Anna, Matthew, and Mercedes. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes, thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Thank you.